Welcome back to the show, Inspired Babes. Let's chat. So I'm really looking forward to today's episode. I have an amazing guest on the show. And, you know, before we get started, I wanted to share a few little nuggets that I have been, you know, just pondering on the past few weeks with different audibles and different books I'm reading and just, you know, ways to really redirect my consciousness, right? And, you know, I don't know if any of you have heard of Becoming Supernatural by Joe Dispenza, but, you know, he talks about, you know, if we're viewing our life from the same level of mind every single day, anticipating a future based on our past, we're basically just collapsing infinite fields of energy into the same patents of information called our life. And, you know, it really hit hard only because, you know, so often in my past, I remember, you know, doing the same routine every single day, but yet I wanted a different outcome in my life, but I wasn't getting it. I was in the same energy. I was in the same routine. And so basically, you know, what he talks about is shifting that, shifting your consciousness and doing things to get you out of the so-called norm routine to really expand that awareness, right? And he, he kind of used a different, you know, a few different examples, you know, like meditation and, you know, um, and he talks about a, a specific way to meditate and, and how you basically are nothing when you're meditating, no people, no places, no things, nothing matters, but you are focused on, you know, just the, the energy and just being present. And obviously he goes way more in depth, but you know, it's so powerful because as we start doing things to just shake up our nervous system, it starts altering our DNA and changing the way we're thinking, therefore being, right? And so again, if we want a different outcome in life, we have to change up our routines to get different results and to also shift the DNA. Now, it was just so profound to me, you know, as I'm listening, because there's so many nuggets like, you know, that he, that he shares. And, and so if you have not listened to that, I highly recommend it. Um, the, you know, becoming supernatural by Joe Dispenza. And, you know, it's, it's really interesting because when you get, when you, when you are in consciousness, you get out of your own way, right? It's when we are, worrying about all the things and all the past and all the future, instead of just being in the moment, in the present moment, we're getting out of the way. Nothing will get in the way of what we want to create and what we want to pull into our lives. Um, and so I just wanted to share that. And, you know, there's something else too, that, that I had this, this insight the other night and it just really hit me as, you know, actually it hit me when I was doing a uh, a client the other day when I was doing Reiki and, you know, just based off of what they were sharing, it really hit me. And, you know, if basically we can create safety within, it's providing a space for others to feel safe with you. Right. And if deep down we're not honoring our divine feminine and our divine masculine, and we live in a scarcity, you know, belief system, it's almost like people will feel that energy from you and they'll feel unsafe, 
right? I mean, people want to feel seen and heard, but they have to do it with people that feel safe, especially with what I'm doing with energy healing and different plant medicines. You know, I'm working with people, people want to feel safe with me, but basically for me, I have to get in the space of feeling safe as well, right? And that's where basically my pain, all the things that I have gone through has been my biggest teacher so that I can assist other people. And, you know, when you go through a lot in life and when you experience so many different levels of ups and downs and, and trauma and overcoming, you know, the most profound experiences, you're able to relate to people in the most incredible ways. And so ultimately it's just about, you know, creating that safety within finding, you know, that safe space. Do you feel safe within your body? Do whatever that looks like by meditating and getting, you know, connected and aligned within going to yoga, changing your diet, drinking water, surrounding yourself with people that are in that same frequency, right? Listen to incredible audibles every day, things that are going to shift your thinking, right? And so it was just super powerful because, um, that is key, right? It is key in, you know, making people, not making people, but, um, you know, having people feel safe with you. So with that being said, drum roll. Okay. I'm so excited to have Nico Mayatake and I hope I'm totally not butchering his last name. I'm pretty sure I asked him a few times how to pronounce it and, um, I may be pronouncing it wrong. So, um, I hope not. <laughs> so Nico is incredible. I am so excited to have him on. So basically, you know, Nico, I just want to share a little bit about Nico is, you know, he's a breathwork instructor, yoga teacher, cacao ceremonialist, master Reiki practitioner, and certified health counselor. Um, he also studied with cacao, um, with a shaman for four years, um, as his initiation into working with cacao. And he's passionate about self-growth and facilitating awakening. And he also is an owner the owner of, um, Maya cacao. So he's the formulator of the specific cacao. And so, you know, he's going to talk a lot about cacao and we're going to talk about relationships and, you know, medicine and, you know, all the, the incredible things and benefits that cacao can bring into your life. And, you know, also his story, it's so profound. And so, and before we get started with this episode, please go over to Apple Podcasts and write a review and subscribe and rate the show. And also connect with me on social media over um, on Instagram, Micah J. Bruin. I will have my Instagram handle in the description. And I would love any productive feedback, anything that you really, you know, um, got from this episode that that's shifting your thinking, right? And if you find this beneficial to go share it with any friends and family or on social media, just tag me in the, um, in your stories and I will repost it. And thank you guys so much for all your support. And that is all. Let's do the thing. Hello everyone. Welcome back to inspired babes. Let's chat podcast. So I have Nico here today. Hi, thanks for having uh, me. Yeah, of course. You know, Nico is, has quite the, you know, um, background and a lot of knowledge in the spiritual community. And I'm really excited to have you on today. I mean, you know, we met probably about 
a month ago, maybe a month or two ago at Beehive Buds and you were serving cacao and also doing, what, what were you doing? The movements that we were doing, it was really powerful, like a yoga yeah. breath work. Yeah. Um, the, the movement that I love and it's, it's so simple. I, I teach it in several yoga classes. It's called the five Tibetan rites. Um, and it's just a sequence of five moves that is, it focuses on spinal flexibility. So it's great, um, for the health of the spine, but it also helps to align the energy and the energy centers in the body, thus aligning blood flow and restoring blood to the organs and and like natural health to the body. Okay. That's right. Well, that experience was absolutely beautiful. And your cacao that you served was so delicious. I've tried several different cacaos at different ceremonies. And I feel like yours is one of the ones that I really enjoyed. And then we reconnected again last week at Beehive Buds again, and you served cacao and it was delicious. So I really want to like go over your entire journey of how this all started. I know you, you know, you worked under a a shaman for four years in Guatemala. And I know that set the tone for all the things that you're doing right now in the world and the difference you're making, which is super inspiring. Um, you know, and so let's, let's talk about that experience. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I would say like where it started for me, my growing up, my mom had Lyme's disease Mm -hmm. and she was into all of this alternative therapy type stuff. And I just really took an interest in it. I was like studying herbs. I was, uh, I started going to yoga a lot and kind of followed in her footsteps a little bit. And then one day she was like, I'm going to go do this Reiki training course and, I, and I'm, I'm 17 at the time. And I was just like, something in me was like, yeah, I want to do it. And so over the course of <clears throat> that class, I, someone in the group was connected with this cacao shaman, um, who, who I like to call the real Willy Wonka. He's, <laughs> he's like the OG of chocolate anyways. Yeah. Um, so I met him, he was touring through Salt Lake city and I could remember. So my mom and I sat down with him and his partner, uh, for our first cacao ceremony. And to this day, I can remember so vividly what happened in that experience in that meditative state. Um, and just to briefly summarize it, I was in retrospect using the language I've learned over the years. I was in, a different plane of consciousness. Uh, and I was battling a demon that was in my heart. And I can remember that I just, I never, I remember never fighting back because I knew that I could never be defeated. And, and so basically like the demon just kept fighting and fighting and fighting. And I would just, I would just take it until eventually the demon or whatever this energy was gave up. And then, and then at that point, like I was, I felt free. Um, this sense of freedom kind of came over me. And so Mm. that was that experience after that, I was just like, you know, I'm like, what the heck just happened? I was 18. I was kind of new to this stuff, but 
I was definitely meditating and um, things like that. And, mm. and so after that, I stayed connected to Keith, um, Keith Wilson, who he's still in Guatemala for four years. And so I was 18. And then for the next two years, I was doing sessions with him twice a month. And then when I was 21, he gave me the opportunity to be his scholarship student. And so I went down to Guatemala and he basically the offer was like, you can come study the human energy field on my porch. Um, and in a, in a group setting, you can learn about energy and the human pain body and the light body. And so I bought a one-way ticket and I dropped out of college. I was studying to be a naturopath or a chiropractor. I hadn't really decided. Mm. And I broke up with my girlfriend at the time. So I just completely like let go and just went for this experience. Wow. And I spent the next six months there. Um, wow. Studying with him. And also, so half the time I was studying with him and half the time I was volunteering at a free mobile health clinic where we were treating uh, indigenous people in Guatemala and in rural areas with massage, acupuncture and Reiki. And just, it was just very eye opening because these people, you know, they had nothing. Um, and they just worked the land and like a lot of them had just injuries that were just like, they, they healthcare doesn't exist. And so I was back and forth between doing that work and then, and then doing my own inner work on Keith's porch in a group setting. Um, and that went on for six months. Uh, while I was there, I also got parasites, which, mm. which led me into the next part of my journey of cleansing and like learning to fast. And so after, um, and we can talk more about like, maybe what happened on the porch particularly, but yes. just to give you kind of a brief, like after I was in Guatemala, I went to Hawaii and lived there for five months where I, I, I first attended a fasting retreat, did an 11 day water fast, um, hydrocolonic therapy to like cleanse the system. Mm -hmm. And then I ended up staying there as an intern and I was, uh, I was helping people do their water fasts and, and hydroclonic therapy and massage and all this stuff. Um, and so that was, and then I, you know, I, I lived in Iceland for five months doing cacao ceremonies and retreats and stuff and mm. uh, lived in Oregon. Although that was, that was different. So anyways, yeah. it kind of primed me like that whole experience in Guatemala really set the tone for, I feel like what I'm here to do with my life, with this life and, yeah. Um, so it's, it's been a journey. For yeah. Sure. Yeah. So let me ask you what, you know, you gave everything up to go to Guatemala. Like, you know, you said you broke up with a girlfriend, you just dropped out of college. What was that moment for you where you were like, okay, I'm going. Yeah. I mean, it, I, I just knew I had to, like, I, really? I felt it. And, and I was like, who, I thought to myself, like, like, this is a rare opportunity and I don't want to miss it. I don't want to pass it up. And all the while 
you know, I was doing what I felt would to be very normal, like the normal thing you do in life. And I was like, this kind of sucks. Like, I don't want to do this. I know there's so much more. And so that yeah. happened. Yeah. And, you know, and you mentioned too, like your state of consciousness was definitely at a different space. Yes. You know, I mean, do you feel like it was, you were just more asleep and just going with the the flow of, of what you should be doing in the flow of life and like, because I think a lot of people are at that space, yeah. you know, where they're just going with the routine of life. But then there is a moment where they're like, holy shit. And they start waking up and awakening happens, you yes. know? And so that's cool how you felt inspired to just like, all right, we got to yeah. shift some and, things here. And I was so ready for it because I mean, I, I knew like that there was at that time as, as a teenager, I'm just like, there's, there's gotta be so much more to this life than just like what I'm doing. And I, and I felt like I didn't connect with my friends. Like I didn't, I was so hungry for something else that like wasn't around or like wasn't in my sphere. And I think that's ultimately what manifested that experience was like, I, I, I wanted it bad enough. And then I have someone who's like giving me the opportunity, you know? Um, so I was just ready. Yeah. I want to know more about your experience on the porch, you know, really, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, the, I'll give you like context. So it's this, and I'm sure some of your list, maybe some of your listeners have been there, but uh, San Marcos, La Laguna in Lake Atitlan in Guatemala. So it's this little, there's a lake, Lake Atitlan, and there's three volcanoes around the lake, and there's all these little towns around it. And San Marcos is is one of these towns, and um, you know, you, there's like wild birds chirping and stuff, and we're all just sitting on this relatively small porch. I mean, like twenty by ten. And in a group setting, there's just kind of all these hippies, like all these world travelers that are there and we're drinking chocolate and using it as a plant medicine partner to do our inner work. And, um, you know, it, it's funny. I've actually really wanted to recreate like what happened there. And I've never, maybe I'm not supposed to, but, but it was just, it's so special. Like what went on, um, there was definitely like a type of magic to it. And, and so we would sit and we would drink cacao and we would basically just go into, like, I, I would refer to Keith. He's a energy. He, he's someone who's really good at, at reading energy. And so he can pretty easily tap into individual people and also the group dynamic. Um, but part of his, you know, amongst other things that I think the primary thing he taught was, uh, empath training and the fact that, um, empaths, and this, this is like his words and I, I can still resonate with some of this stuff for sure. Um, empaths are here for a patient loving cleanup of the planet's pain body. And it's less of a war and more of a patient cleanup because there are people who don't know how to process their pain. And 
when they don't know how to process their pain, the only way they know how to move it is to make other people hurt more than they've hurt. And so um, we got into different empath trainings where basically you learn to direct and transmute energy on a, on a conscious level. Um, and the other, the other part of that is that basically there's, there's, there's souls incarnating and they have been for a, a long time that are master healers and they don't have the shamans or witches or nuns or gurus or monks to come and validate that, like to come tell the mother and father, look, you have, your child is very gifted and we're going to take him with us to become the healer that he's supposed to be. Yeah. And, and so all these kinds of people would, would come through this porch. And, and so a lot of validation happened, a lot of learning about the gifts that you do have, understanding that, you know, the human nervous system is like the most advanced healing technology on the planet. And that with intent or awareness or like just these very basic things, so much healing can happen. And so he gave us a lot of guidance into how to read the book without eating the pages, how to sense energy without taking it on. Um, which is, you know, still something like I <clears throat> am learning today. I've definitely come a long ways and I, I would summarize that as like learning to hold your own energy. Like you're not like you're in your backbone, you're in your body, you're in yourself. And, and so, um, and basically that the, you know, he go he went into the archetypes of the main mission, the, the main deities that are helping empaths, empath angels are Archangel Michael and Ganesh. Mm. And these archetypes are the remover of obstacles and Archangel Michael has this sort of truth. And with that, he's able to um, cut free any false truth or density pain body that people are carrying. Um, and so we, we, we would dive into that, like learned a lot through that, but aside from, you know, this empath training and this kind of stuff, mm. I had experiences where I felt my cells changing and my nervous system changing. And I, another one that I can just remember off the top of my head was like, I was in some kind of awakening moment where my, I felt like the electric, my electrical nervous system uh, shifting. And I just remember him, my teacher looking in my eyes, he's like, there's no going back. Nothing for you will ever be the same for you. And you're, you're going to spend your life healing people. And, mm. and I, you know, I was so like, I don't know what to say. I don't want to say close minded cause I was open, but like I, I was just so in this experience that I couldn't even like understand what that meant. Mm. And now when I look back, I'm like, yeah, that's of course, that's what I'm here to do. It's probably what you're here to do in some ways to help heal yeah. people. Yeah. And, um, and so 
there was there was several you know there was a lot of experiences like that and some of it was really heavy and dark too i had days where like you know to go into the because i believe you know we have a pain body and a light body we have these different uh aspects of ourself and you know when you get into i mean you can i everyone calls it shadow work yeah um what it's like to deal with that stuff is it's it's challenging because you get tired and you have to like integrate and your your emotions are crazy and everything is like up and upside down and sideways and backwards and inside out and mm-hmm. um and I went through that with people mm-hmm. I had a group that we worked with where <clears throat> our stuff would come up together and we would project on each other and then we'd go into session and kind of move and clear some of that energy and holy crap and so I was able to uh, you know at a young age I think learn a lot about energy and and but so I'll say too that like after this experience I I came to a place where I was like I was ready to leave like I couldn't I couldn't do it anymore or like I was ready to go home and and like put my roots in or something and so like after six months I left I I did work with Keith for a total of four years um where I stayed in touch with him and I went home I after I got home I was like, what the, what do I do? Like I had to integrate because I had, I had had such a powerful experience in my life. And I came back to the city and I was like, like, this doesn't feel right to me. Like something feels off here and I don't, I don't know what it is, but basically from that point into now, which has been eight years, seven years, I've, learn I've integrated and I, I would say I've become more grounded, but like you can go and learn all of this is my personal philosophy is like, yeah. you can go and learn all of these spiritual truths and, and knowings and things like this. But if you don't have a way to apply them in your life, that not only serves yourself, but serves other people, it's, it doesn't do much good. And so I, my, the other part of my journey was like, learning to be in the human body and, and really um, like ground into that and make a business or, or, you know, things like that, for example. And so mm-hmm. um, uh, that's, yeah, that's been a big part of the journey as well. So, yeah. yeah. So it sounds like you've been integrating for, you know, few years now. Yeah. Everything like just the fact that, you know, you're working through, you know, you brought up your shadow work, right. As people call it. And, you know, and you're, but you're with all these people you're projecting and you're, but then you're going to work through it together. Like being in that space. Could you imagine, right? Like the world doing that today? Yeah. Well, that's the thing is, is we are, we always are, you know, it happens real time with people and like, Oh yeah. And, and that, I don't know, it never ends. I remember thinking that I was like, when I left Guatemala, I was like, okay, I did my healing now. (laughs) I know. And it's just, it's just not the case. Right. Mm -mm. And yeah. And so, um, 
you know, I've, I got into other experiences where, um, and I, I want to say this like with respect because it was such an, another huge part of my growth, but where I had been, uh, kind of manipulated inside of spiritual circles and abused in certain ways. And like, that's, I think maybe that could, we could go into that and this, or it could be another thing, but yeah, the importance of, of being able to recognize that in, in this Mm -hmm. new age community because, or spiritual community or whatever you want to call it. Um, and so again, like I, that having those kinds of experiences made me like, this is why I teach yoga and breath work is because it leaves the power in their hands to do the work. And I think that it's kind of easy in this to, to create a, a power dynamic between student and teacher. And I just like, um, I do my best to avoid that. And, and, and so, yeah, the shadow work, it never ends, you know, you can call it shadow work or pain body or just, just like learning life and all this stuff, but it's, it's, uh, it's a never ending. It's an ongoing process. So it is. It really is. It's the work is never ending. Sometimes I think I'm like, oh gosh, I just had the most amazing breakthrough. And, and then a week later I'm in a breakdown. I'm like, okay, what's showing up for me? Let's unravel this shit. Let's do the thing, you know, Mm -hmm. but it's also honoring and, you know, where you're at in that moment and allowing it to unravel in time. Cause sometimes it takes a minute Mm -hmm. and also support and people who are at this level of consciousness, you know, cause because sometimes we do need guidance when we have blind spots and we can't see. Yeah. So, yep. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do love that you brought up, you know, in the spiritual community, how you basically want to teach people to be self healers on their own, because when they are not with you, when they do have moments, what are they going to do? Yeah. Cause I'm, you know, I, I feel the same way with what I'm doing is I want to teach people to do it on their own, to be able to really get so in their bodies that when something shows up, they can process and work through it. They don't need me all the time. Yeah. You know? It's, I think it's automatically actually a kind of a double edged sword because I, I definitely wouldn't be where I am had I not become conscious of how I've given my power away. Mm. and mm. and and doing that and like getting lost in it and hurt in that uh, like i learned so much from it and and so like they call that mm. the, like the fruitful darkness Ooh. um and and it's just another way of you know another another thing um in regards to like the empath training and things i learned in guatemala he would say that um, because we don't have the the monks, gurus, or nuns to train us, the way we get our training is by eating other people's pain, hmm. and by by learning by eating the pain, we we gain the understanding. And this, you could say, this falls into the lines of the wounded healer, and you can't um, you can't help someone who like unless you felt that their pain uh, to some level. And so that by doing that, by getting our training through eating other people's pain, 
we're then able to help them. And so from my understanding, accelerated souls will sign up for traumatic experiences in life where they get the understanding and are then able to serve from that place of pain. Um, and it's interesting, you know, what makes the difference between a victim and then someone who's empowered. It's just a, it's a series of choices. Mm-hmm. And when you go through that kind of pain and you're able to, to crawl your way out of it, like, you know, the saying is like, um, the schizophrenic and the prophet are in the same waters while one's drowning and one's swimming. Mm. And, and so it's kind of the same notion there. Mm. And like when, when we allow ourselves to like the only way out is through. And so when you fully let, let in, and that's what I did. Like I fully went into um, situations where I did give my power away and I was enmeshed and, and in, you know, toxic relationship or whatever you want to call it. Uh, it, super blessed my life and yet I can't um like I don't know how to say that but anyways yeah it's just it's it's a beautiful blessing to go through that kind of stuff and come out the other end and you're like wow I'm I have so much fruit from that yeah yeah so tell me more about how you like gave your power away like when you we're in that experience. Yeah, I was, I was looking for a savior. I was looking for someone to save me. And, mm-hmm. and in doing that, I, um, I set myself up for her <laughs> disaster because I was, I was willing to do like almost whatever it took to, um, uh, prove myself to like prove myself as a man or show up in the world and like, do challenging things. Um, and in doing that, I don't know. I've, I've, I recognize that still to this day, I have, there's some kind of like, I'm really attracted to woo woo people. <laughs> and, and I've, and I've started to question that more. I'm like, okay, what is it? And I think ultimately it's just like that these people are openly expressing about their experience with source or spirit or God or other dimensions. And I think that's beautiful. It's out of the box. And I, I think more people are heading there, but, but so like that became kind of a a weakness um, where because I was naive or innocent, uh, I think I was in that way I was easy to take advantage of, but mm-hmm. now again, like not like having gone through it, I'm able to make sense of it and learn like, okay, this is, this is not what I want so that I can learn what I really do want. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, I would even go a little farther actually like, and um, again, maybe this is, <laughs> another thing, but the, the, there's an attraction that exists between narcissists and empaths. Um, and I think that there's, there's so much to learn from that, but basically 
and this is this is on a micro scale and in a macro scale because this is kind of what leaders of countries are doing with their governments and with their people and you also see it happening in relationship where um there's a there's a beautiful like a someone who's connected emotionally and can sense what other people are feeling and maybe they veer on the side of like uh, they're self-sabotaging and they want to help other people. And so they'll self-sacrifice and they'll serve other people to make them happy. And then they get validation because they know they're helping someone else. Mm-hmm. And then the other per, the person on the receiving end um, will do, they'll provide for them. They'll make sure they're taken care of. They'll uh, what, whatever it is that codependence and enmeshment. But um, so the, the, there's people that don't know how to necessarily process their pain. And because of that, they will attract someone who can process that pain or help them process that pain for them. Mm-hmm. And this is deeper stuff. It's kind of more, I don't know, whatever you want to call it, but yeah. um, I've, I've seen that and I've seen, I'm getting more honest here. <laughs> I've seen mm-hmm. it and people call it like, twin flame relationships or whatever, when really it's just, it's a, there's a magnetism that exists between them, but that magnetism, when you, when you become conscious and you're able to set boundaries, like it just, it goes away. Mm. And, and so, um, anyways, it's just, it's just a, it's a beautiful learning experience all around. Yeah. I do feel like, like when I was in, I, I learned so much from my toxic relationship and like, that's why I know all this stuff. And mm-hmm. I had to become so lost to become so found. I had to lose my mind so that I could, I could really find my own mind. Yeah. And, and this is, um, um, again, there, I learned about the tactics that these people have where they, they can find vulnerabilities and weaknesses and and they're drawn to them because that's how they know how they can manipulate or get power over people and then leverage those vulnerabilities against them and then you get into all the other stuff like gaslighting and things like this but um learning to recognize safe people and learning to say no to those who aren't safe is is self-care yeah and, and so that's another thing that I learned from all of this experience as well. Yeah. Do you feel like you had a lot of relationships that were like that in the past or is it just one specific one? Like, you know, you, yeah. Um, I don't think, no, I think it was that one that was like, that really stood out. Mm the other ones could have been just at like much lower intensity, but this, that one was like, it was truly, uh, yeah, it was, there was a lot that went on. And honestly, I still think I'm, I'm, I am, I'm still processing it and unpacking it for sure. Yeah. But it's, it's, it's affected the way that I show up in the community because I don't want to minimize anyone, anyone's pain. I don't want to tell them what to do with their pain. Like it's totally valid to have emotions and for people to live in their emotions. It's, it's what helps them get through it. And, um, 
And so like people's pain is sacred. You know, that like I'll say that to people, like your pain is sacred and it's no one else's. It like I may have experienced something way worse than yours, but like I'm not gonna say that to you because what you're going through is your own experience. Like it's totally unique. Mm, yeah. And, mm. Yeah. And you, you know, you really seem just, you know, from meeting you a few times and, you know, being in this conversation is you really hold that space for people. And that's also, that's a very sacred thing. It takes something to be able to hold that space for people to feel safe, you know, and express their pain. Yeah. Yeah. Cause if they don't feel safe, they won't express pain, but it ultimately comes down to you feeling safe in your body for them to feel safe. And I actually heard this at a breathwork summit yesterday with this lady was talking about that. And I'm like, Oh my God, that makes so much sense. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So Yeah. I, and I, and like to touch on that, I think as a facilitator, like mm-hmm. one of the main things I'm focused on is, is my own <clears throat> calmness and groundedness because yeah. I know how much that affects the group uh, when you, when you're doing your thing. Yeah. So it's important. Oh Yeah. It's, I mean, yeah, energy is in everything. So, fact, like, you know, teaching breath work and meditation and yoga, um, the way I do it is I, I, do the, I do the class with the people I teach mm-hmm. because I'm then in the energy with them. And I'm actually, I, and then I get into a space where like my voice is coming from the space that we're cultivating together. Mm-hmm. And and in that way, you can kind of act like a tuning fork because you're like, all right, what does the space need? And then you can speak to it energetically, but physically, and it and it um it just brings about more resonance inside of the container, and so that's fun too, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, you definitely did that when I met you for the first time when we were in that, you know. Did you come to a Floga class? What was it? I don't even remember. I don't remember. It was some, Inga was, I just went, I was there to buy Hoppe, you know, oh. if he had buds and Inga was like, you should just stay, you know, Nico's coming and he's okay. doing cacao. And and I was like, okay, sure. So, um, yeah. Okay. and it, I remember, I remember that. Yeah. Cool. And it was really, and like I mentioned earlier, it was just very powerful because you could feel like you were very good at what you were doing because, you know, you were feeling into the group and the energy and it was just like, it was this collective, you know, experience. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, gosh, I loved it. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 Um, so what do you think about, let's talk about your cacao. Cause yeah. the cacao you have, like you are the creator of it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, uh, I mean, I'll, I'll talk about chocolate a little bit. It's, it's really, it's an amazing food. It's the second most nutrient dense food on the planet where the first one is organ meats. Mm-hmm. Um, it's known as like the, the phrase that I've kind of came up with for it is that it's a plant medicine partner that is here to help humanity solve our personal and collective problems through facilitating a shift in consciousness that is more heart-based. And so with that, um, 
you know, people who drink, this is my opinion, people who drink chocolate are like, they're, they seem healthier. They tend, like they glow. There's anti-aging effects. There's, um, low, it lowers inflammation. It, 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 a lot of its health medicine, medical health benefits are focused on the cardiovascular system. So it's called a heart opener. I, I, on a physiological level, it's like, it's upgrading your, your blood system. And so it widens the arteries. It removes the sclerotic plaque from the arterial wall, which lowers your risk of heart disease. Theobromine is a mild stimulant, but it's also a bronchodilator. So you're increasing tissue oxygen, oxygenation by about two times at the, like near the surface of the skin. Um, and it helps with it. it balances blood pressure it can stimulate nervous systems of weak people um helps with weight management and cravings uh it's great for diabetics because it can lower insulin sensitivity um it's it's a all around it's a great superfood and i mean i'll i like to drink it before I go to the gym as a, as a pre-workout. But, um, so chocolate, it has been around for like a long time. People in Central America and South America have been drinking it for hundreds, if not thousands of years. And, um, so they, they would actually use it as a form of currency. And so you could, mm. you could buy things with cocoa beans um, and their indigenous governments in Mesoamerica set up a kind of, um, what is that thing? They, a way to monitor the, the growth and exchange of cacao because not only was it a form of currency, but it was a, something they'd use in, um, rituals or religious activities and you know they valued it so much actually that they they found a site in new mexico where they had all of these cocoa cups cacao cup artifacts that were found and so people had traveled all the way up from central america and and kind of got into this civilized place in new mexico where they had chocolate in one of their ceremony rooms. And so we've recently, you know, people have uncovered that, but, mm. um, cacao, the Theobroma cacao tree is, a, is a, about a 10 foot tall tree that thrives in biodiverse environments. Um, that grows in the tropical regions, uh, does best in volcanic soil. And it, um, it's interesting how it grows. It's, it doesn't actually, the fruiting body comes off of branches and the trunk. It doesn't actually come off of like the leaves or near the leaves. But anyways, the, so what's unique about, uh, my product is that I've combined it with Maya nut and Maya nut is an untapped superfood <clears throat> that, grows next to the chocolate tree all through central and parts of South America. Wow. And Mayana is really, it's special because it's, 
um, it's like a pillar of the ecosystem. So it's actually the tallest tree in the rainforest. It's the canopy tree. And so it provides food and for animals, plants and insects and shade for other things to grow. Um, and, you know, Keith introduced me to it, to Maya nut. And he claimed that it's, and I would agree with this. It's the supreme synergist to cacao because it provides a grounding base for the, the upward expansion, heart expansion of chocolate. Mm. Um, and it also has a great flavor. It's like a mix between coffee and chocolate. So mm. it's pretty mm. amazing. Um, yeah. But that, you know, I've, I've had several people and um, tell them, like they'll tell me that the, the chocolate that I have is like the best they've had. And not a lot of people have heard about Maya nut, um, but that's, that's why it's a, it's a really high in fiber. So some of the, <clears throat> the nutrition of Maya nut is it's super high in fiber. It's made mostly of calcium and magnesium and it has ratios of calcium and magnesium that are very bioavailable to the body, um, especially for muscle repair. So it's actually great for athletes who are, in recovery from workouts. Um, it's, uh, really high in poly in antioxidants. So again, and anti-inflammation, anti-aging, um, has some protein. It's got, it's a complete protein. It has all 20 amino acids in it. Um, and it is really, it cleanses the GI tract because it has so much fiber. And so the more you, you eat it, uh, the cleaner your GI tract becomes. Mm. Oh my gosh. Whew. So do you do it every day? I don't drink chocolate every day. And actually it's, uh, I think the more, like I've been drinking chocolate a lot for the last nine years. Yeah. And I actually don't drink that much of it when I do have it. Sometimes, sometimes I'll have like a full one ounce and other times it's like, half of that and it's probably yeah. every other day or something but if you have if yeah. i have it every day it's i get overstimulated oh really yeah yeah some some people is not like that though but yeah yeah so it's more just tapping in like what do you need right now do you need the cacao or no yeah yeah you know just like all things yeah we heard this the other day you know about um there's a lot of healing when the heart you know, is open, right? Obviously. And, and that's where like a lot of awakening can happen when your heart is open. So do you feel like the cacao, because it is a heart opener, do you help it? Do you think it helps shift the chakra? Like it really opens it and moves energy mm -hmm. through it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, when I, when you, especially if you serve it in a group because, and if you're, if you're attending a cacao ceremony or something where like people know there's going to be chocolate served, it makes it a lot easier for the, the group connection to happen. Mm -hmm. And so that's another thing is that it's a facilitator and partnership tool. So whatever it is you're wanting, and this is how we can set intention with cacao is that whatever it is you're wanting to connect with inside, it can facilitate that connection mm -hmm. and make it easier because 
our hearts are they're the center of us like they're the core of of ultimately of who we are like we have three energy centers above and three below in the body and the heart's at the very middle and this is where our electromagnetic field stems from um and the heart has uh it the field from the heart is 60 times more powerful than the field from the brain and the electrical component is 1200 times more conductive than the brain so our hearts are truly like this very special place um and and chocolate is like a food that enhances the health of the heart that helps to open the heart and helps us helps our consciousness to reside in the heart yeah wow so yeah a lot of healing is available yeah for sure Mm -hmm. you know uh yeah it's it's every you know when i every time i have a cup i'm like it not only do i feel better but it facilitates a connection to your emotional body and this is why it's great for um, meditation and inner work as a as a as a plant medicine partner because not only can it help you with that like a creative focus to maintain that kind of multi-dimensional focus but it 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 does keep the heart open it helps to and so with those two things it just makes it easier to um uh, go inside and see what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, every time I've done, you know, any journeys with different medicines, you know, there, there is a difference when you do cacao before versus when you don't, mm-hmm. I mean, now that you say that, I'm like, Ooh, that's actually really interesting. Cause there is a big shift yeah. when you have that open, you know, and I think that you're receiving more too, because it is open with the other medicines. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're, yeah. And that's, mm-hmm. that's the other thing too, is that not, it, it's not only an excellent carrier of intention, it carries other medicines into the body very well. Mm-hmm. Um, so the indigenous people would, you know, it, they would often combine psilocybin and cacao uh, together. But when you're talking just about like, other herbs and spices it it potentiates their effects because it carries it into the bloodstream where um the it's circulated more freely because of the effects of chocolate Mm -hmm. wow that's powerful Mm -hmm. yeah 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 i mean you know as we're talking now i'm like okay every time i step into a journey like i want to drink cacao before, mm-hmm. you know, just because of the benefits. I mean, I knew it was so good for you and it was a heart opener, but as you're describing what it really does, it's like, Oh wow. Okay. I'm going to start shifting yeah. a little bit in my journeys. Yeah. So. Uh, and that's my teacher. He would say it's the food for the shift. Um, it's, it's different from, I mean, plant medicine teachers are great. Like we have something to learn from all the plants but I do think there's a, an audience or a population who are not quite ready for like full blown plant medicine teachers. And so cacao is a great place to start, um, for those kind of people. Yeah, I agree. It's a good little intro into it. 
Yeah. Because then it just starts opening things up and then med- other medicines will start speaking to them. And they're like, ooh, let's step yeah. into this. I mean, you know, for me, it was hape, hape, rape. And that's how I started getting into, you know, plant medicines and on my spiritual journey, you know, is with that hape. So, and I think that's a pretty light one too, in a way, but mm-hmm. so, yeah. Mm. yeah. Thanks so much for, uh, having me on and it's it's cool mm-hmm. like how it happened right because we met at that second event and yeah the first thing you said to me was like do you want to be on my podcast and then I was yeah. like the last week I've been thinking how I really want to be on a podcast yeah it's it's powerful you know like when you're at that frequency and you know connected to your higher self it's the universe it just lines you up with who you need to be lined up with mm-hmm with what you're up to and it's very powerful, mm-hmm. you know? So yeah. Conscious creators. Yeah. It was really powerful. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for being on. So where can people find you and also to purchase your cacao? I mean, I know you do events, you know, you're yeah. a man of many talents. So, um, so I have a, you can buy cacao online at cacaobreath.com. Um, okay. For I and my IG handle is the same. It's Cacao Breath. Uh, I'm on TikTok and on Facebook. It's just my name, uh, Nico Miyatake. Okay. So, and I will also put those links in the description so people can just click on it. Awesome. To find you. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, thank you so much. Yeah. It's been great. Yeah. Yeah. 